host, Michael Danlow. I'm here as always with my lovely wife, Angela, and the prophet of the hour, Dr. Andrew. How are you today, sir? Doing great. So we have completed our discussions on Revelations. And so now we're talking mainly about what's going on in the world. Yeah, I mean, really, the, the books of, Re of Revelation are open, and uh, we're kind of heading into the, the teeth of what God has basically promised for 5,000 years. So it's a, it's a beautiful time in history. Scary, but really beautiful because God's promises are being fulfilled as we speak right now. And, and the funny part about the way God's promises are being fulfilled um, we know for a fact that for God to do anything on the earth, he needs us. Mm -hmm. Both good and bad, fair set. Mm -hmm. Both good and bad. We are his vehicles here on earth. That's right. We're his tools. So, so uh, I, I want to, I, I guess, when I, when I look at what's going on in the Straits of Hormuz, uh, seizing oil tankers, uh, the British seized an Iranian oil tanker because they claimed that it was violating sanctions that were set up during the Iran deal, which are... Hmm. Yeah, Brilliant I mean, president. Yep. Pulled out of. Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. So. Well, but, but that that's I, I guess that's what I was getting yeah. to. It's all part of God's plan. And so, um, what what looks like what what most or some would consider a minor incident of detaining the Iranian tanker has now turned into... Well, it's not a minor incident. It's not minor because not they minor seized incident. a British tanker, no. they seized another tanker no. <clears throat> with a, a Nigerian flag. It's not a minor issue. So, yeah, and, we're going to talk about why it's not a minor issue. And and, and so, um, so I, I, guess I, I guess that's what I want to say. Yeah. Okay. How, how do you see that? So... Um, well, first of all, today is July 20th, 2019, and I'm going to quote from the prophecy. It says, a quart of wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius, and do not damage the oil and the wine, Revelation 6 and 6. This is true. So, over the past week, uh, a lot of things have transpired. Uh, on July 12th, 2019, what Mike was speak on, speaking of in Gibraltar, at the request of the United States, an Iranian tanker called the Grace One was seized by the UK on suspicion of transporting oil to Syria. So as was reported by the news press, it says, quote, Marines from 42 commando units were involved in the overnight seizure, with some landing on the ship's deck by rapidly descending down ropes suspended from a Wildcat helicopter, and the rest followed up via a speedboat. UK sources said British troops were at all times acting under the direction of the Gibraltar 
police, but the British position appears to be contradicted by Spain, whose acting foreign minister, Josep Borrell, said that Gibraltar had seized Grace One after a request from the U.S. to Breton to pick up the tanker laden with crude oil. White House National Security Advisor, probably the instigator of all these things, John Bolton, welcomed the seizure of a ship. He says, excellent news. UK has detained the supertanker Grace One, laden with Iranian oil bound for Syria in violation of EU sanctions. Bolton tweeted, America and our allies will continue to prevent regimes in Tehran and Damascus from profiting off this illicit trade, he said. Iran, according to some officials, is now exporting as little as 200,000 barrels per day and really needs about 600,000 a day to keep its economy afloat. That's from The Guardian. So the issue is the Grace One is a big tanker. The tanker contains 2 million barrels of crude oil. Okay. So if you think about it, at, at the current value of $60 per barrel, it has a market value of about $120 million. Right. So it's really the equivalent of three times, three days of Iran's economy. So it's a lot of oil. Wow. So if you took away three days of your pay, I would be a hurt puppy. We would all be a little upset. Tehran responded by summoning Britain's ambassador to its foreign ministry to explain what had happened, what is described as an illegal seizure. So it's a big deal. You, you yes. yank your ambassador into your into your uh, cave, basically, which had been described by the UK as enforcing the EU sanction regime against Syria. It's quoted from the Guardian. Okay. This is a former senior commander with Iran's Revolutionary Guard warned it would be Tehran's duty to seize a British oil tanker if the Iranian tanker being held in Gibraltar is not released. He quoted to CNN. Then Iran's President Rouhani has warned Britain it will face consequences for seizing an Iranian supertanker carrying oil last week. An Operation Tehran claims was in response to a request from the United States. He said, I tell the British that it is you who began maritime conflicts. Actually, it was the U.S. Right. And you should be aware of the consequences. Hassan Rouhani said in a cabinet meeting broadcast on state television on Wednesday. This is from Financial Times. Okay. Finally, I told the committee. So you've got different. So you've got the military that spoke. You've got the people that spoke. And now, and now you've got the, the holy man that speaks. Right. So, so you've got all three departments of Iran speaking. So finally, I told the committee, warned the West. This means Britain is directly responsible for whatever happens after this incident. Right. Ar Iran will respond to the vicious Britain's piracy, said committee in his usual angry voice about the United Kingdom, adding that Iran's response will come at the right time and the right place. He charged that Britain has lent piracy a lawful appearance, warning that the Islamic Republic will respond to this vicious act. That's from the radio, the radio Farda. Okay. 
So, no, later on that day, what happens? It says, uh, quote, armed Iranian boats unsuccessfully tried to seize a British oil tanker in the Persian Gulf. Okay. They, they didn't wait too long. According to two U.S. officials with direct knowledge of the incident, the British heritage tanker was sailing, uh, sailing out of the Persian Gulf and was crossing into the Strait of Hormuz area when it uh, was approached by boats from the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Okay. The Iranians ordered the tanker to change course and stop in nearby Iranian territorial waters, according to the officials. The UK's Royal Navy figure, HMS Monrose, had been escorting the tanker from the rear. It trained its deck guns on the Iranians and gave them a verbal warning to back away, which they did according to the UK source. That's from the CNN. Okay. Then, just a few days later, the press reported an oil tanker, the Riyadh, based in the United Arab Emirates, is missing after it stopped in Iranian waters three days ago and switched off its transponder. Well, someone switched it off. Right. Causing concerns that it may have been seized by Iran and heightened tensions in the Persian Gulf. Shipping tracking data showed that the Panama-flagged Ria stopped transmitting its position last Saturday when it was off the coast of Iran's Qasam Island in the Strait of Hormuz, where Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps has a base. Data showed that the ship was on its way to Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates before diverging sharply and slowing to a halt in Iranian territorial waters. That's from the Washington Post. Okay. And then sure enough, this was confirmed. So the next day, as confirmed by Iran, so just confirmed yesterday, on July 18, 2019, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, or IRGC, says it seized an unnamed foreign tanker in the Strait of Hormuz last weekend for allegedly being involved in an operation to smuggle fuel oil out of the country. Okay. The IRGC released an official statement regarding the seizure. The organization says that its naval arm seized the tanker on July 14, 2019, and that there were 12 foreign crew members aboard at the time, and that it was carrying 1 million liters, just over 264,000 gallons of fuel. The ship was south of the Iranian island of Larak in the Strait of Hormuz, which links to the Persian Gulf and the Gulf of Oman when IRGC perso personnel seized it. That's from the drive. So so there's a lot of uh, oil transactions going on in the Persian Gulf as we speak. Right. And uh, so we're going to leave off here because there's more to go. But <clears throat> basically, you know, they took two million. So the U.S. and U.K., and it's funny, the U.S. immediately got the U.K. involved since they are our closest allies. Right. And said, take this boat. Uh, it's illegal. and Probably from direct orders from John Bolton. And so they went ahead and took the tanker. And um, it's a big tanker, 2 million barrels of oil. That's a lot of oil. And uh, the Iranians quickly responded by trying to seize a British. But unfortunately, that one was locked down by a military boat. So they went for another one. And uh, we were able to confiscate it. Uh, yet, 
it's not as big. It only has 264,000 gallons of fuel. So very small tanker compared to the super tanker that was taken. So when, when we come back, um, the Strait to Hormuz, 30% of the world oil shipment in both directions sail through that channel. And John Bolton, who's been spoiling for a war with Iran as far back as I can remember, um, is deeply involved in this mess. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. And, and maybe we'll get to talk a little bit about Mr. Bolton's history so that people really understand that this is not something that just popped up all of a sudden. This is something that he personally has been been trying to instigate for many years, at, at least a decade that I can remember. At least two decades. Two decades. So that's even, even more. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. This is the Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Welcome back, one and all, to the Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here with Dr. Andrew. And the discussion today is about tankers. Well, uh, you know, mm-hmm. don't it's, damage the, one, uh, the yeah, wine. It's really about revelation. Yeah. Don't damage the oil and the wine. So, uh, you know, John Bolton, is, as you and I have, have discussed many times, has has been wanting one thing for two decades. Yeah, a war with Iran, and he's going to get it. And and so finally, but see, it's more than just the right circumstance. He now has the right people in place mm-hmm. who are blindly looking at what he's doing and yeah. not understanding. Yeah, it's uh, it, it you know it's got it's all in God's plans. So true. So, um, so we're talking about save the oil and the wine, and um, yeah, we we and with the UK took uh, two million barrels of oil away from Iran, and they are seeking some payback. So they missed one oil tanker, they got one with about two hundred sixty-four thousand gallons, and yeah, it's not enough, guys. So we'll just, go get another. So one. just yesterday, another two UK car- oil tankers were seized. Wow. So, as it says on the press, Iran seized two British oil tankers in the Strait of Hormuz weeks after British Royal Marines took control. Actually, it's just one week after British Royal Marines took control of an Iranian vessel suspected of oil transporting fuel to Syria. The Islamic Revolutionary Guard took control of the UK registered Steno and Perro over what it claimed were violations of international regulations at around 4 p.m. UK time on Friday afternoon, so yesterday. Okay. They later took it to port. The MV Mestara was seized shortly afterwards and was seen to veer some distance off course towards the Iranian course, coast. That's from the Independent. So, as we can see, the fight 
continues to be over oil. Okay? And really, the prophecy says that, yeah, the end times will be put into motion because of oil. Okay. And really, uh, it took a while. Uh, actually, this whole process began over 100 years ago. So the reason I say that is that the world's currency, the one world system, was put under the U.S.'s control. Right. And that's why. Okay. So, so prior to that, how did man influence the rest of the world? With gold. With gold, no. With, 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 with blood. With True. war. We, that's, we, how, uh, that's how Germany did it. That's right. how Japan did it. So, um, and that's and that was when we got involved mm -hmm. uh, with the invasion at Pearl Harbor. Yep. And that that's kind of the war when we they kind of when nations finally realized, oh, the oil is really important to win a war. So that's why oil became such an important thing. Well, that's why Germany lost the war. That's why both of them lost the war. Because they didn't have any oil. Exactly. That's why they both lost the war. That's why Japan got involved in the U.S. They, that's why they bombed Pearl Harbor because they needed to access oil. That's why Germany attacked Europe. There's, you know, it's like you can't fight a war without oil. So, so as we know, the angel says, "Hey, don't damage the oil and the wine." So the Greek word for damage is adikeo, which means to act wickedly. Okay. So it's an aorist verb, which means it's perfect. It's it pertains to the past, present, and future. Hmm. So yeah. So the, God's angel saying, "Don't act wickedly with, with your oil." Well, unfortunately, that's that's what's happening. So so let me ask a question real quick because. I see the oil, and I'm looking for the wine. Yeah, the wine will come. The okay. wine will come. So, I mean, I mean, I, I, I see, uh, I, I see the oil, and and without oil, mm -hmm. we already know that that nothing flows. Right. Nothing happens. That's right. So, um, yeah. That's kind of what happens. So, okay. So let me ask you this: What is the world's major currency? Oil. No, the currency. Oh, American American dollars. Yeah, it's the U.S. dollar. Because every every currency in the world is tied to yeah, it in some kind it. of way. Exactly. So the U.S. dollar, which it really accounts for two thirds of all of the world exchange reserves. So yeah, some people may claim they may say, well. The the uh, Chinese currency, the yuan, is not tied to the U.S. dollar. And I say, that's malarkey. It is. And I said, what do they have to buy U.S. goods with? The dollar. Right. What, what do they not have? They don't have enough oil. Thank you. What is the oil exchange in? The U.S. dollars. So it's like, come on, guys. It is the U.S. dollar. We are the one world system. Right. So... There are kind of three major events, if you want to look at history, that put this into place. Okay. Okay. So, in 1944, at the completion of World War II, uh, we were the superpower. Right. Okay? So, what happened was the basically, all the countries got together, or all our allies, I should say. Okay. They got together, and they set up what's called the Britain Woods System of Monetary 
management. Bridging Woods really just a, 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 pertains to the place on the east that where they got together. Okay. Um, but they basically established the U.S. dollar as a one-world system. Okay. And the reason for that not only was it because we were the world the world power, but we also controlled two-thirds of the world's gold reserves at the time. Right. Okay. So basically, the forty-four allied nations got together, and they said, "Oh." We need to peg our currency to a one system, and that would be the U.S. dollar. So basically, the U.S. dollar would be insured by gold reserves. So they would bring gold to us, and we would give them U.S. dollars. And we would hold on to the gold, quote, hold on to the gold. And that was the purpose of Fort Knox. Correct. <laughs> to, to have all the, that gold the, in one place. The empty Fort Knox. Right. So, well, we will talk about how it became empty, I'm yeah. sure. So the uh, other nations exchanged their US dollars for gold, and thus we became uh, a one-world gold standard, okay? Okay. So it was based on gold. Well, many, many wars later, Korea, Vietnam, that gold is gone. So what happened was the French were a little pissed with us, and they said, we went... We got U.S. dollars. We want some of that gold back. And Richard Nixon was in power at the time. And they didn't realize uh, that we can't pay you back. So on August 15, 1971, under President Richard Nixon, the U.S. unilaterally terminated the convertibility of U.S. dollar to gold. And they said, we're not going to convert it anymore. Wow. So that basically ended the U.S. gold standard monetary system. And it converted the U.S. dollar into what we call fiat currency. Okay. So fiat currency means it's worthless. It's a worthless system. It only is based upon a tangible... It has no tangible value. It's only based on an intangible value, which we call confidence. Okay? Okay. So everything's based on what confidence we have in the U.S. dollar. Well, the third event that happened after that was Nixon... Uh, quickly realized that we better have something to base it upon, otherwise it's going to be worthless. Right. So what they did was a brilliant idea, you know, really brilliant, but uh, but sick. Um, so Nixon went got together with the Saudi Arabia's, and he said, "Listen, I don't need, I don't want your oil. I don't want anything from you. In fact, I'm, uh, we're going to protect you." We're going to get, give you military support and protect you against the Iranians and, and, and the Israelites, too. But we need to make a deal with you. You're only going to exchange your oil in U.S. dollars. And the sides are like, that's a pretty good deal. So they said, okay, we'll do it. Okay. So it became what we call petrodollars. Okay. Everything in our dollars is actually based upon oil. So with that, as we know, the sides made a ton of money. Right. And then many, many countries, UAE, Venezuela, uh, they said, Iran, Iraq, they all said, great idea. We'll do the same thing. Right. So and, they, they, and they did. And they did. And it became an extremely powerful system. That is, the petrodollar system became very, very, very powerful. And, and that worked... Until uh, uh, Saddam Hussein right. got so, yeah. 
fed up with the system. Exactly. And the fact that, first of all, he wasn't getting what he was asking for for his oil. Exactly. So it kind of got messed up. And 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 the British joined in with sanctions. Of course, the first Iraq War, when uh, Iraq seized seized uh, Kuwait, that's what that was about. Sure. It was about, hey, you guys are pumping more oil than we are. You're making more money than we are. We're, we're taking over. Sure. So, so people, you know, people think, ah, oil is not that powerful. And uh, like, we, like I said, I said, malarkey. It's, oil is extremely powerful. Hey, if, you were, if you were in Germany at the end of World War II, you'd know just how powerful oil was. Oh, yeah. Because nothing moved. Nothing All moved. the cars stopped. Yeah. Everything the requires trucks, everything tanks. requires oil. So, um, okay. So anyway, so so we are the one world dollar. We're we're the one world system. So you know, you, people talk about, oh yeah, the one world system's coming. I said it's been here, it's guys. All, yeah, it's, it's been here, here for a hundred years. Yes, the one world system has always been has been around for a long time. So the issue to the U.S.'s benefit and to the world's demise is that we get to print the money. Right. So we get to print money and buy what we want. Uh, it has no equitable backing except for the fact that it's based upon oil. Okay? And everything has to be traded in U.S. dollars. Yep. Still does. <clears throat> so um this is, uh, it's really easy to see. You just look at our imports versus our exports. Right. So, in other words, we import way more than we export. Right. And there's only one way we can do that. We print the money. <laughs> and so, as long as we print the money, we get yeah. to buy what we want. Yeah. Now, now we do export one petrol product um, that a lot of countries need and don't have enough of. And that's liquid propane gas. Um, yeah, can, we can, get a lot of yeah, we get a lot, a lot of that. And gas. and because we we export a lot of a lot of liquid propane gas or LPG, um, most people don't realize that we actually export less than we import. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like everything else that we're dealing with when we talk about Iraq, Iran, Syria, and what's going on in that part of the world. What we see and what is actually happening are two different things. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, you know, I always say if you, if you question it, look at the facts. So uh, according to the um, world data in 2018, the economic value of our imports was 60% greater than the economic value of our exports. Okay. In other words, we imported $2.6 trillion in imports, and we exported $1.6 trillion. In other words, we basically, we basically took a trillion dollars from the world last year. Right. So, yeah. So this is the, like I said, the reason why we are such a wealthy nation it's because we print the money. And, and so the, and so now comes along Donald Trump. Okay. 
um, who looks at things with a jaundiced eye and says, oh, you're taking advantage of us because we buy more of your stuff than you buy of our goods. Now, you know, in all honesty, I think he knows what he's doing. Um, he's playing I, I, I didn't say he didn't know what he was he's doing. He's playing a game. And yeah. so it's, yeah, he's playing a game. But he knows the, the issue is not when it comes to economics or um, trade. It, it comes with his lack of knowledge of anything else. That's and, the there, and that is the point I was about to, to, to drive to. Um, it, it's, it's not so much that um, Donald Trump is, is the businessman and negotiator that he claims to be. It's just that he's recognized that, that he can fool the American people into thinking that these others, okay, people who, people who don't look like them are picking their pockets. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the problem. I, I think that's where our current problem begins with Donald Trump. Sure, a lot of deception. So. Yeah. So we're going to take another break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about the economic imbalance that is perceived. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe, and this is The Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Welcome back, one and all, to the Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here with Dr. Andrew. And um, we've talked about, you know, how we got here. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of peeling back the layers of who John Bolton <clears throat> is and, and why he was able to be around for 30 years trying to instigate the same war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... Um... We're really here to talk about, yeah, the fact that oil has become a major factor, especially in the past week. Um, so the issue is that we now have a, a petrol dollar system. So our U.S. dollar is really pegged to oil. Okay. Um, and we have been pillaging the whole system for 100 years now. Wow. Um, well, actually, since the 70s with oil. Right. But really for since World War II. So, understandably, the world has become opposed to our monetary hegemony. Okay. And so that's why the Europeans tried to introduce the euro in January of 1999. So, okay. really, the, ma the major objective of creating the euro was to compete against the U.S. dollar. That was really the main purpose. Yeah, but and the problem that they had was there's only so much gold. There's only so much gold, and they're a highly socialized, expensive system. Yeah, it was bound to collapse. Um, but what it did allow at the time was it allowed a means for other countries to start competing against the U.S. dollar and to start converting their exchange currency to euros instead of U.S. dollars. Okay. So... By exchanging in euros, 
we basically, if it, if it got bad enough, we would be forced to start exchanging our dollars into euros because at the time we were the biggest importers of oil. So if you imagine, you got, so you got all this oil that you need, not anymore because we actually export more. But at the time, yeah, we would have had to convert our dollars to euros in order to get oil. So that would have caused a really detrimental effect on the U.S. dollar. It would have a detrimental effect on our whole, our whole financial system. Okay. So the ec economists and financial experts basically said if it did happen, if the euro became the one became a powerful currency, that we would lose 40% of our dollar value. And ultimately, that would lead to a lot of issues. So financial collapse in the stock market, the banks, the banks, and eventually a major depression. And, and therein lay a problem, which is why Saddam Hussein either had to be removed from office or Killed. Exactly. So what happened was, you know, it was post-Kuwait war, and um, the euro had just been created, and Saddam Hussein was not happy. So he said, well, I'm going to get back at the Americans. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start exchanging my oil in euros instead of dollars. Okay. Uh, so then he did that, and then other countries that are opposed to us, like Iran and Venezuela said, ah, great. let's do it too. Yeah. Let's well, we'll do it too. So they said, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get at the U.S. dollar by exchanging in euros. So, so unfortunately, this is what happened. And we said, enough's enough. So basically, Bush and Cheney said, we're going to attack Iraq and we don't necessarily need to take their oil, but we got to make damn sure that their oil is exchanged in U.S. dollars, which it is to and, this day. And um, Colin Powell warned mm -hmm. that if you break it, you buy it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the irony is that, you know, people complain about the Iraq war and that we lost a ton of money. In actuality, we made a ton of money. Yes, we did. Because and the reason behind that is because we basically secured the U.S. petrodollar system. That was really it wasn't the oil guys. It was really about securing our currency, and that was the reason for going to war. And in the process, Cheney, the Cheney family, and friends mm -hmm. made a lot of money because they provided civilian security yeah. for the military. Which made absolutely no sense. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure Cheney uh, realizes what he did. So he he saw a little bum because he can't take credit for it. Uh, w, I'm not so sure he understands what he did. I think I think W walked into it like the blind drunk. Well, I, I don't think he understands how much he benefited the the economy. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Cheney definitely does. I think Cheney definitely does, and he's a little pissed because he can't take credit for it. Nope. Because, um, yeah, you can't take credit for something that, that heinous and that nefarious. But anyway, uh, so, so the irony behind the whole situation is the U.S. greatly benefited from the Iraq War, contrary to what 
the press is and contrary to what we think in general. Um, yeah, so we're benefiting from it. Our economy benefits that, is benefiting right now because of that. Not, not because of Donald Trump, but because we secured the petrodollar system. Right. So, so the irony behind the whole, the whole situation is the same damn playbook is being played again. So try to go to war with another country. Try to, so basically we're going to go to war with Iran with the same intent. Establish the petrodollar and protect it. That really is the main intent of the whole situation. But the sad part is, it's not what we're doing, it's how we're doing it. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually... It. It's we're actually behind mom's skirt tail. Well, it's actually... And we're smacking at people. It's actually, uh, in some ways, it's more brilliant than what Cheney did. Because um, Bolton and Pompeo realized that Trump is basically an idiot. And okay. that they can fool him into thinking that they can make a business deal with Iran. When the both of those guys fully know Any there is happening. no business deal. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're, you're basically setting up pieces so that a war has to start, regardless. So, so anyway, yeah. So yeah. And the real sad part about it, at least the part to me that's sad about it, is that when they decide that they're going to have a war, their kids aren't the ones that are going. Yeah, but this time, this particular war, everyone gets burned. So they, they, their, their kids are going to war. They okay. just don't realize it. So, yeah. how does how does Syria fit into all of this? Oh, it's part of the Shia horn. It's part of the Shia crescent. You know. Okay. So Iraq, Iran, Pakistan. Uh, not really Shia because Pakistan's not Shia, but it forms part of this crescent that is part of Daniel 8.8. 8. So he talks about the four great horns that join together to, to war against the world. So um, so really, oil is a very, very, very powerful thing. Yes. So here's a brief, some brief pointers on oil. Okay. So we need it for basically every single aspect of our economic and military power. True. If you think about it, all transportation, land, sea, air, Heating, agriculture, medications, machinery, synthetic manufacturing, plastics, rubber. Um, we just need it. <laughs> and you know, when I was a kid, I had an auto mechanic shop teacher who was Irish. And he used to always say the same thing every day. If it's metal and it rubs, it needs oil. Absolutely. So, so as, as we can see oil rocket oil use has rocketed over the past century okay because of all the automobiles transportation uh, all the housing and its resources all the consumption of plastic products that we have used over the past hundred years okay so at present the world is consuming 93 million barrels of oil daily we are the biggest consumers of oil so okay. we consume at a rate of 20.4 million barrels, or about one-fourth of the oil daily. Okay. Each one of us consumes about one barrel of oil every two weeks. So obviously due to the poverty of the Middle East and the accessibility of oil 
foreign oil has always been much cheaper to obtain. Okay. It's just cheaper. It's, you know, it's like two-thirds of the price to get oil in the Middle East versus here. Okay. Um, so the oil companies want to so the, you think oil prices don't change. I mean, they're universal throughout the whole world. Okay. Why not go after the cheaper oil, right? Right. It makes sense. If you want to make a buck, go for the cheapest one. Okay. Oil is oil. It doesn't matter. So, so the oil companies want this cheap oil. And they control the U.S. government. So, of course, they're going to tell the U.S. government what to do. Okay. I mean, every single president has been guilty of it, of working for the oil companies. I mean, and the irony is people say, well, you know, Jimmy Carter couldn't have done that. Wrong. <laughs> it's like, where did the Carter Doctrine come from? And, and, and <laughs> what do you think happened at the end of the only term Jimmy Carter had? Yeah. So, wrong. Yeah. So, so even the most well-meaning presidents has contributed to this nefarious affair. Okay. So, um, so as we know, there are historically seven private oil companies that have controlled it. They're called the Seven Sisters. Now there's many more, but the originals were ExxonMobil, Chevron, Texaco, Gulf Oil, BP, and Shell. Okay. Um, so of course, their concern is to maintain the security and stability of Middle East oil. Period. Okay. And, and if you go back and you look at the companies you just named, the Seven Sisters, and look at where they're located, you'll see that they're located in places where oil generates and where oil is consumed. Sure, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, I mean it, they're like... Yep, point A to point B. Right. There, there's nothing there. in the middle. Right. So... So their concern is to maintain oil stability. Right. So, as we know, there's a lot of covert and blatantly militaristic schemes to ensure that control. Okay. Especially in places like Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, and Kuwait. Okay. Well, and that's the reason why Venezuela was such an important issue. Because Venezuela a is ago. a very... It's a big oil company. Sure. Yes. Country. So, um, but, you know... That's kind of been put on the back burner because of this Iran situation, obviously. Not going to hear about Venezuela, let's put it that way. True. So, clearly the U.S. hopes to control world trade oil, keep the petrodollar intact. Okay. And stop any other currency from becoming part of the one world system. Okay? Okay. So, they want to force, they want to force this upon, and that... That is the main reason for going to war with Iran, is really to secure the petrodollar system. Because as we know right now, the Iranians are trading in euros. Okay. Yeah. Ah. I, sorry, I said it like that, but now I yeah, understand yep. what the real problem is with Iran. Mm -hmm. They're pulling the Saddam move. It's not about nukes because they probably have nukes anyway. And, you know, Iran really is not a threat as far as nuclear goes yet. Well, you and I talked about 
uh, Iran's nukes. Um, some years ago, back when we first met, we talked about what Iran did when Obama forced them to downgrade the type of uranium they enriched. Okay, and we we discussed how it gave rise to North Korea trying to find a way to deliver a nuclear weapon. Sure. Okay. Sure. So when we were talking about it, we figured out that Iran, yeah, they got rid of all their high-grade uranium, but they shipped it to North Korea. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kim Jong-un, when his father died, decided, okay, well, let's test these rockets and see if we can create the kind of nuclear weapon that'll protect us from places like the United States. Yeah. It was a beneficial scenario for both countries. Right. So, yeah, North Korea get, got to say, hey, we got these big bombs, and Iran got, got to say, yeah, they work. Hey, they work, and they're not ours. Yeah. So it, it was a very uh, synergistic uh, situation for both countries. So, Okay. So at this point, as it says in the prophecy, save the oil and the wine. So we're, we're trying to fulfill the per first part of it, save the oil. Okay. But unfortunately, we're profaning the oil. Okay. We're damaging. We're damaging the oil. So, so you mentioned earlier, so when does the wine come into effect? Right. So what is wine? Well... Um, I want to, I want to say wine is made from grapes, mm -hmm. and but symbolically, what is wine? Symbolically, what is wine? So now, now you have me, and that's why I asked my question. So symbolically, wine is blood. Gotcha. So basically, save save the oil and save the blood of mankind. So, so when this begins in earnest, which it already has, mm -hmm. and we're already amassing troops to go into Iran because there's no stopping them from coming out. Right. I mean, if they want to come out, they will. They will. Uh, so therein lies the prophecy as we have discussed it for the last two years. Yeah. The blood is amassing. The oil has already been damaged, and yeah, yeah. Humpty Dumpty has kind of fallen fall. off the wall. Yep. So do not damage the wine. So, so it's all very symbolic and literal. Okay. So as we know, every president has set red lines. Uh, our poor Barack Obama has been infamous for moving that red line quite a bit. Right, because uh, Obama o Obama wanted no drama. Yeah, Obama was uh, a flake. So there's a big difference. I think uh, Trump is more likely to honor his red lines. And ironically, yesterday he came out and a red line has been set. Okay. And it's such a bad red line because it's going to happen. But he basically said the red line is what? Uh... Don't try to smuggle oil out of the country. No, nope, that's not the red line. Because they've already done that. Okay. Oh, he set up a red line, which is why we have troops 
on their way there now. Yeah, but what's the red line? I that don't know. Want... So the red line, so basically if you break the red line, we're going to come and bomb you. It's the military payback. Right. Is what the red line, that's what the consequence of crossing the red line is. Okay. So basically we're going to start smelling blood. So the red line is the loss of an American life. And we haven't done, they haven't done that yet. Yes. Well, they have. But no, they haven't done it yet. Yeah. So, so, the, uh, so as the press has reported, it says, quote, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has privately delivered warnings intended for Iranian leaders that any attack by Tehran or its proxies resulting in the death of even one American service member oh my God. will generate a military counterattack, U.S. officials said. So that's from so, the Stars and Stripes. So Iran is just waiting to pick its moment when... No, they don't want a war. They don't want a war, but guess what? They're ready. No, they are ready, but guess what? If it comes down to it, they'll fight one. But that red line's going to be crossed, guys. Because Someone's going to die. Gonna right. and, and This is a mess, guys. Someone's going to die. And I, Someone's going to get killed by accident. That, I was about to say that. It won't be purposely. It won't be purposely. No, because... But in, uh, the U.S. life will be lost soon. Within a week, I, th I think. Okay. So, um, before we go any further, I, I kind of want to make one little thing clear to our listeners. So, um, the week in review that you and I discussed, we discussed on Saturday of, at the end of the week. And this program is heard the following Thursday. So, if we leave something out between today and the day this airs, it, it was not purposely done. It was just that it hadn't happened until after this program. Yep. And, and I want to make that clear because I know we're going to have people who are going to listen to this program and go, well, you guys are behind the times. And, we're, and so I'm letting everybody know, yes, we are behind the times, but there's a reason why we're behind the times, because once these things unfold, it's our responsibility to kind of make it clear as to what just happened and to what can be expected. Uh -huh. So um, I, I, the prophecy is playing itself out, uh -huh. so. and, and we want people to know that. So do not damage the oil and wine. Well, we've damaged the oil, so get ready. And the wine is coming. Wine is coming. And we're saying that it's going to be accidental. Now, by the time we come back next Saturday for our next program, um, we very likely will be in a war. And and I hope that we're not, but one never knows. Do one. Thank you, Doc. I, I appreciate what happened today. This was awesome. Um, I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. You've been listening to The Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. And as always, until next time, love God and each other. <music>